It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Later in the show, tickets to go see John Mayer coming up. Ed Graney's going to join us in, what, 15 minutes or so. We're going to talk to Ed Graney for the first time this week. Um, Here's a question for you. Should the Raiders be more respected? Should the Raiders be more respected? Yeah. So Super Bowl odds for the next Super Bowl, not the one the Rams and the Bengals are playing in. Uh, according to Jeff Sherman on Twitter, the Raiders sit at 40 to one odds to win the Super Bowl. That is tied with the Saints and the Eagles for 18th best odds to win the Super Bowl. Uh, some notable teams that are ahead of them, the Denver Broncos are 20 to one, which might just be a hedge on Oh, they might get Aaron Rodgers. The Seattle Seahawks, Cleveland Browns, and Minnesota Vikings are all 30 to one better than the Raiders. Why does nobody believe in the Raiders? I think it's just because, again, they don't have any superstars on their team. They just went to the playoffs. I know, but we just said they limped into the playoffs. They went, though. You know who didn't go? Seattle, Cleveland, or Minnesota. You're right. You're right. But I still look at what the Raiders did this season, and a lot of it is just because of just injuries. A lot of it is because of just players not being able to play, not being able to be available because of COVID and injuries and stuff like that. So it's like, I think the Raiders were the benefit of that. I don't expect what happened this year to happen next year. I think, I think this year was a complete. Uh, so do you think like to take these odds, 18th best team in football, is that what the Raiders are? Yeah, I would say that. Wow, it's harsh. I would say that. I mean, right now, do they have room to get better? Absolutely. I mean, like we just said, they have a terrible offensive line. And when you have an offensive line that bad, you usually don't win. And for the Raiders to do what they did, again, it's pretty pretty remarkable this season. So how, are you, how should we judge Josh McDaniels year one? Like, what should expectations be? Like, this is a team, they won 10 games, they went to the playoffs. But Super Bowl odds suggest they're not going back to the playoffs next year. How are we judging Josh McDaniels? If he has a eight, nine win season and they miss the playoffs, is that a failure of a first season? Like how like what should expectations be for the Raiders next year? I think I think eight wins is an expectation. I think if Josh McDaniels gets them to eight wins, uh I think that would be a good sign that they are trending in the right direction. Because Even though that'd be trending in the It would be trending in the wrong direction in the (laughs) win-loss column, but I just think next year, I don't think the same rules are going to be enacted next year when it comes to COVID. I do think more players are going to be available. I don't think you're going to have the situation. They really won one game because of that. Nah, there are a lot, dude. I mean, it's like just in the NFL. (laughs) It was just the NFL, though. The whole NFL was just completely flipped upside down with these. Every time, there was always another superstar that couldn't play, and it affected the game. And everybody's connected in the NFL. Every team is connected in the NFL. And if there's an injury, it's weird how that will affect another team's schedule down the road. Normally I'm the one discrediting the Raiders. You're discrediting them hard today. I am buddy going after them. So here's, here's my thoughts. Hard. Am I going hard? After you them? are. You're telling them that they made the playoffs, but it shouldn't count. You're trying uh, to put an asterisk next to that playoff. It appearance. shouldn't count. It definitely counts. <sighs> You're trying to say it doesn't count. Saying over, so achieving. I don't disagree with you in terms of the Raiders next season. I don't think they're going to win as many games as they did this year. We'll well, I'll put the one caveat there. Let's see what they do in the draft and free agency. They, if they do great in the draft and free agency, then they probably should win 10 games and go to the playoffs next year. But if they just have an average off season where they 
hit on a draft pick, hit on a free agent, miss on a couple more, right? Then they're probably, I think they're probably missing the playoffs, right? They're probably an eight or nine win team. But what's interesting is like the expectation here of Josh McDaniels, who's taking over a team that did go to the playoffs and he's taking over a team that has a solid quarterback in Derek Carr, right? He's not taking over the Houston Texans. He's not taking over the Saints. He's not taking over the Broncos. Right. It's not taking over a team that doesn't have a legitimate answer at quarterback. Now they might not sign Carr to the extension because that's a different conversation, but Josh McDaniels is taking over a playoff team. And if he wants it to be the quarterback and the quarterback question is answered with Derek Carr. And it appears as though Mark Davis, this off season has not wanted to hit any sort of reset here has not wanted to, to rebuild, right? He's one, he has hit a reset because he replaced everybody, but hasn't wanted to rebuild. He wants to push forward with what they have. So expectation wise, while I think 18th best team in the NFL, while I think uh, eight wins or whatever, that's sort of the realistic expectation. I feel like from the owner and the fan base, it's much higher than that. And I feel like if this team wins, if they go eight and nine next year and miss the playoffs, if they finish third in the AFC West, right? Miss the playoffs eight and nine. Well, it's going to be viewed as a failure of a first season by the owner and by the fan base. And those are probably the two most important people for Josh McDaniels, right? Even if we sit here the entire year and say they're an eight win team, they're an eight win team. If the expectations at the sports book, eight win team, and they hit that. If the owner was expecting 10, 11 wins, and if the fan base was expecting 10, 11 wins, and you hit eight and you miss the playoffs, I'll be curious to see how that plays out because again, he's taken over a team that went to the playoffs. Yeah. It, a lot of, uh, a lot of attention is going to be on the draft and free agency with what the Raiders do. And they have to hit yes. on their first round and second round picks. They have to hit. They need impact players. You don't got to get elite, but you need impact players that can make a difference on your team with those picks. You need that to happen. You would think just law of probability would apply here and they would actually start having some good first round picks. Well, that was the worst thing. That was the weirdest <laughs> thing with all the draft picks is like there was like one year or like in two years. The best players that the Raiders have, they were all drafted in the third and fourth yep. rounds. Max Crosby and Hunter Renfro were middle round picks. And you can probably argue those were their best offensive and best defensive players last year. Yeah. Right. And those were just mid round picks during the Gruden Mayock era, which again, credit to them for drafting good players with some of their mid round picks. They blew a lot of mid round picks too, but they got two really good players in the middle rounds. The problem is, is they weren't able to pair that with good first round picks. Like it's a completely different conversation where the Raiders are right as a, as a roster and how, how high their ceiling is and all that. If they hit on just two, three of those first round picks. I mean, you think about it, they had Cleveland Furl, Jonathan Abram, Josh Jacobs. That was that they, those are three first round picks in the same season. None of those are really truly difference makers, right? Yeah. Like Josh Jacobs has some good numbers, but Josh Jacobs doesn't really make a massive difference, right? You could get production. They got production when Peyton Barber's been in there. If the offensive line is doing their job, your running back's right. going to do his job. The next year, right? It's Henry Ruggs. We know, we know what happened there. And Damon Arnett. Neither one of those guys are even on the team anymore. And Arnett wasn't good to begin with. Right. He was bad anyways. But like neither of those guys are even on the team. And then they draft Alex Leatherwood. And after four games, they're like, whoa, he's not good. We got to move him to right guard. Well, still wasn't good. They hit on, if they get two difference makers out of those, what is that? Five, six picks. We're talking about a completely different team, but because they kind of missed on all of them, right? Like Josh Jacobs isn't a complete miss, but they kind of missed on hitting a home run on all of them. 
It's a completely different conversation. The only, reason, the, roster. the only reason why Josh Jacobs isn't considered a home run, yes, very good running back, but he was a first-round pick at running back. Mm-hmm. We have learned right. many times over that you just don't do that. Yeah. The best a, an elite running back can do is probably get you an extra yard. That's just based on size and strength, and that is the most yeah. that you're going to get. The positional value is very low at running right. back, right. and you've – You've got to be like, you've got to be Jonathan Taylor to sort of justify, wow, first round pick worked out. And Taylor was a second round pick, but like, that's how good you have to be. Otherwise, like, and because the other issue with drafting running backs in the first round, and this we've seen in Josh Jacobs career is health. It's the position that gets, they get beat up. They get beat up so much. Guys don't have long careers there. And it's hard to get a running back. That's going to play all six, well, all 17 games now for, three or four straight years. It just doesn't happen very often. And then extending him. Right. Which, and if he's a fan favorite, like how, that's, that's hard on the, the, the yeah, front office. Take some notes from the golden Knights. I'm with just you. Trade the fan. Favorites. I'm with you on that. So I mean, you, you can't listen to the fans when you're, when you're a GM that is. So if we're talking decisions for Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, the new GM, new head coach, Derek Carr is obviously, you know, the big one that's out there. He's got one year left on his deal. They can trade him. They can sign him to extension. I guess they can try to see if he'll play this last year without an extension. Although if I'm Derek Carr, I'm holding out if I don't get an extension or trade. Um, But basically they've got to make a decision on Derek Carr. Do they want to commit 35 million a year for five more years to Derek Carr? Basically tie their tenure as a Raiders head coach and GM to Derek Carr. That's the first decision. We'll see what they do in draft and free agency. That's going to go a long way in determining how good they are. But the other decisions they're going to have to make are on Cleveland Furl, Jonathan Abrams, and Josh Jacobs. Because this offseason, they've got to decide if they want to pick up their fifth-year options or if they just want to let them go after year four, which would be next year. They're all under contract for next year, but you got to decide a year early on the fifth-year options. I don't think I'd pick up the fifth-year option on any, on any of them. I think I'd let Cleveland Furl, Jonathan Abram, and Josh Jacobs Absolutely. all walk after next season. Oh, no, you don't pick up the fifth-year option. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. curious to see what their decision is on those three players. Yeah, you let them go. You let them go. And this is where, again, I it's such a difficult choice to make because I do look at the Raiders and I'm like, you could have a rebuild, but not – full-on rebuild, like an asterisk rebuild, where it's like if you get rid of Derek Carr, you get maybe get a first or a second round pick, but my thing is, is what are you going to do with that first or second round pick this year? How are you going to be able to replace Derek right. Carr? Right, the quarterback class is viewed as very weak this yeah. year, which granted probably means the guy taken in the third round is going to be a Hall of Famer, but <laughs> the, but the quarterback class is viewed as very weak, so if you, and that's, and again, that sort of goes into the conversation, the, the equation of what do you do with Derek Carr? If you trade him and get a first round pick and now you have two and you can move up into the top five or whatever, right? If there were great quarterbacks, that'd be a good thing. But a quarterback might not go in the top five, right? Like they, hell, they year, might be yeah. able to take one at 22. They might get the second best quarterback in the draft at 22, but the second best quarterback in the draft might not be any good. So it that goes into it is what do you do? Because you could trade Carr and just say, hey, we're going to like go on a two-year rebuild, right? We're going to trade Carr. And we're not going to draft a quarterback this year. We're going to go to stopgap, like you're Ryan Fitzpatrick or whatever. And we're just going to exist for a year or two. That's not very exciting to say. But that's a reasonable thing to do, given the quarterback situation, if you don't believe in Derek Carr on a $35 million contract. But that's a hard thing to do when you won 10 games last year and your owner probably is expecting you to win 11 games this year and win a playoff game. Like, that's probably the expectation Mark Davis has for them. So, What would you say the Raiders are 
in most need of. I think pass rush, like another defensive end, but because I also look at what they lost last year well, too. Most need of offensive line. Okay. Yes. Okay. But I mean, it's when we're talking about impact, though. See, I think if you build up the Raiders' defense, Aaron Donald, that's what they need. It could be a possibility. Like they've I got mean, they've got good edge rushers. Uh, their defensive tackles are all free agents. If you told me right now they have Aaron Donald, the Raiders probably have the best pass rush you in see, the NFL. And what week one, I think one of the big Raiders' biggest losses happened. That was when Gerald McCoy went down. I they mean, won week a, one. I mean, no, what I'm saying, they're oh, a, I see what you're a, saying. Yeah, yeah, a yeah, loss yeah. to the team. Gotcha. When he went down, yes. that was one thing about the defense where I was like, okay, Gerald McCoy's been a very solid defensive yeah. tackle for years. You know, he came out with Andamakan Sue at Oklahoma free, but he's been I don't want to say he's been dominant, but he's been a very good defensive tackle and a huge man. You know, you lose a guy like that on your defense, that's going to cause some problems. And if we, and if they could get him back next year, and granted it was, a, it was an ACL injury, but if they could get him back next year, it's kind of close to what he could be. You could have a scary Raiders team if you find someone else opposite Max Crosby to rush the passer. I say go get go draft the next Aaron Donald and everything will be fine. Go Coming draft the next. next Aaron Donald. <laughs> Easier. So easy. Ed Grady joins the show. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Ed Grady. How What's are you? up? What's hey, up? You're alive. How you doing? Yeah. I haven't heard from you on the show in a while. No, no. Is it uh, do I still have a spot? Or is it the Bischoff? Press box. Yeah, well, we got Gooch in here today, so you, you so still you still got a spot. Yeah, your spot is safe, Grady. Don't worry about <laughs> it. I think you're Gooch, good. Gooch, is, is, do you usually wake up this early, or is this is this a struggle? I am uh, hallucinating right now. Yes. This is not my normal time. <laughs> I have to ask you this, Grady. Um, how are you just as taken aback by Tyler's lack of movie viewing as I am? Are you always constantly surprised by the movies that he has admitted to not watching? I, I was for a while, and then I just kind of gave up. Okay. I just kind of gave up, and but then again, I ca- I can't really take shots at him because yesterday we had on the show uh, Ronnie. I forget his last name, and I should know this. Uh, and he was uh, this is good radio. Adam, who was Ronnie doing? <laughs> who was Ronnie doing the comedian? Because Gooch will know. Who's wh- what's his show? <laughs> Ronnie yesterday. Who who was he per- in person? This is great radio. <laughs> Lenny Bruce. Okay. Okay. So Ronnie's doing a show on Lenny Bruce, and uh, Ronnie Moreno. Yes. Okay. Ronnie Moreno. I should have known that. I should. I also should have known that because it's a closet thing. But I'll let you know in Gooch because I don't. I don't. No one's listening to the show. Um, <laughs> it would be. I'm a huge General Hospital fan. So Ronnie was on General Hospital. So I can't really make fun of Tyler for not knowing any movies because when I tell people that, it's just absolutely pathetic, and they rip me. That- who? Who is okay? Who's Ronnie Moreno? Who's Lenny Bruce? What the hell was Who's that? Lenny Bruce? Who's Lenny Bruce? Who's Lenny oh. Bruce? Lenny Bruce, he's why he's why comics are allowed to say the F word. Yes. The guy went to jail for saying words. Yeah. Cancel culture back then, I'll tell you that. Yes. <laughs> Way back before it was cool. Yes, exactly. So I, Ronnie was on the show. Listen, I have no idea what the story you just tried to tell us meant. <laughs> I'm going to assume that Gooch does have some. Do you know what he's just trying yes. to tell us? Oh, yes. Okay. Absolutely. You comprehended that. Yeah. Gooch yeah. is a comedian. He's a stand-up guy. He's going to know everything about him. A stand-up guy. Let's just keep it at that, all right? <laughs> okay. The right. stand-up guy. The Not best compliment a he's gotten. Yeah. Not a guy who does stand-up. Just stand-up guy. <laughs> best compliment Gooch has ever gotten. All right. Ed, the question we've been asking everybody this week. Uh, bleep, Mary kill. Super Bowl wide receiver edition. Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Odell Beckham. Cooper Cup. 
You got so you, 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 you to pick one for each one. You do all three. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> bleep, marry, kill. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so one has to get bleeped, the other one has to die, and the other one has to get married. So oh. who dies? Who dies? Who gets married? And who do you bleep? Oh my God! Who dies? <laughs> Jamar, who dies? Jamar Chase. Wow! Wow! Yeah. You're the, that's the very first time he's died. Yeah, he he, he dies. Um, <laughs> <You> <laughs> Odell, Odell, Odell gets married because I think he'd have a cool uh, reception. Okay. Oh, be off the charts. I think he'd be off the charts. And then I guess Cooper gets bleeped. And then it's one night of passion with Cooper. Wow. Okay. That is uh, quite the answer for Med yeah. That is a unique. We've had about seven of these now. That's the first time we've gotten that combination. Who did, who did, who did most people have dying? Odell Beckham. Odell, Odell Beckham, Beckham died. Yeah. I, I, like, I, like his, uh, I like his reception. I, I think it'd be off the charts. He'd have a lot of crazy stuff going on, and I think it'd be a good reception. <laughs> mm. You know he's going to put something extra into it. Maybe yeah. after he gets done, he does the gritty. Yes. And it'd be fun. <laughs> I, I have another important question for you. Jamar Chase does the gritty. What are you doing? Or what are you doing over there? I've, I've seen Odell I mean, do yeah, the gritty. Yeah, yeah, but it's Jamar Chase. Come yeah, on. Yeah, but um, Odell's like a great dancer. Another important question for you. You're a writer, so I'm assuming you're going to get this right. No, I pretend to be one, but go ahead. Spell Cincinnati. C I N. Yes. See, I uh, can I can I have a toll line, Jerry. Yeah. Give me a pen. C- Dude, are you I looking N- around C- SoFi I- right N- now N- for a scoreboard? Is that what you're doing no. right now? <laughs> no, no, I, I I had to write it out. C I N C I N N A T I. That is correct. That is right. Yes, I'm glad you struggled out. a little bit with that, but I not when I had the pen. I uh, <laughs> I have learned. I can, I didn't know how to spell Cincinnati. I no idea. Yeah, when Tyler asked me originally yesterday, he's like, spell Cincinnati. And my first thought, Grady, I swear to God, I'm like, well, if it was in front of me, I'd be able to spell it. Like, yeah, yes. of course, with yes. the letters right in front of my <laughs> eyes, I'd be able to decide I, that there's two N's in one eye. Ed is the kid at the spelling bee, though, that spells in his hand. Mm-hmm. Like yes, that's that's what no we question. just heard on so the you air. Draw, so you draw – okay, do you take a pen and draw it on your hand, or do you draw it with your finger? And I, don't, it, I don't think they'd allow the pen. I think yeah. that's illegal, uh, yes. I think that might be illegal. You just okay. write words on your hand hey, before you not? go? Hey, if you're writing them, I mean, I don't. I didn't know if that would be illegal. I mean, if you're writing them, it's coming from your own brain, right? I mean, Yeah, that's in the air. Gooch, you'll remember this because Tyler doesn't know movies, and I'm not sure. Tyler, do you remember the, the girl who who talked into her hands? I don't no. remember that. What? Yeah, she talked into her hands. She she would spell, but she talked into her hands. Oh, uh, from the spelling bee. Yes, yes, from the yes, yes, bee. Yes, yes, yes. I remember her. So yeah. she would. Okay, so in other words, like when you say she would talk into her hand, and like it would almost make like a megaphone with her hand. Like she would no, go she up to the microphone. Hear and she'd be whispering. <laughs> the, she'd be whispering the uh, the she, letters to herself. She was like covering her yeah. mouth. To do She's it. over yes. here like spell Cincinnati. <laughs> right. Exactly. C I N. Yes. Exactly. That's would have been great. Another important question for you. Have you eaten Jimmy John's on the road? Oh, God, what a question. Okay, so I was told the day we checked into the hotel, on the other side of the hotel, there's a Jimmy John's right across the street. I have yet to go there. Wow. That yeah. is a massive upset. I've, yeah, it is a massive. And Bigger it's like, upset than if the Bengals win. I mean, there's a little road I got to walk up, and I really don't want to do that. So I'm kind of being lazy. So I'm like, if I could get up that road once, I'd probably go to Jimmy John's. <laughs> if but I, I could really, get up the road. But I, I, I just I can't get up the road at this point because uh, pretty uh, pretty worn out. So, uh, yeah, maybe one day, maybe in the end. But it's there. It was amazing that the person told me. They're like, dude, aren't you a Jimmy John's person? I yeah. said, yeah, we just walked around one. It's right around the corner from the hotel. Ed Graney goes to Jimmy John's. Yes. No more Harold and Kumar. No. <laughs> Just Grainy and Jimmy's. Who, who, who's that? Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. It's a stoner movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's not.
Yeah, okay. I don't expect you to get that, Tyler. <laughs> no now, Grady, on the other hand, no, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Jimmy Johns. A lot of Jimmy Johns. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Jimmy Johns, man. Late night Jimmy Johns. Late, late, very late night. Who uh, Who is the most mad at you right now, Heidi Fang or Adam Hill? Uh, Adam Hill's standing in front of me. I don't think he's mad at me. Okay. Um, I don't think he's – he actually just helped me out because uh, one of our colleagues failed to mention that uh, Roger Goodell was having this press conference at SoFi Stadium today. So Adam just said, hey, you going to go? And I go, go where? <laughs> And he said, Roger Goodell's press conference. I said, sure, what room is it in here in the media center? He goes, it's not at SoFi Stadium. I said, well, thanks for picking me up, other colleague. Uh, told everybody but me. So, um, no, I'm not mad at Adam at all. I'm actually very happy with Adam. He was very nice to me this morning. Help me out. So, um, I guess I, I, I don't know why I'd be mad at Heidi. I think she's on a plane right now trying to come here. Okay. Oh, um, she hasn't made it there yet. No, okay. she hasn't made it here. So, she, I, I can't be mad at her because she hasn't done anything yet to make because she hasn't been here. Okay. Very fun. Have you been allowed to drive anywhere? No. Okay. Just checking. No. Just making sure everybody Dude, was safe. in L.A.? Just, uh, just asking. I mean, the Ubers are struggling that I'm in. You know what? I, I, I'm gripping in the back from the Ubers, and these guys, yesterday, yesterday the guy goes, oh, I've done like 5,000 rides. I've been doing this for years. And he's like deciding whether to get on the 110 or the 405. He still doesn't know what's going on. So me, it would not be good. Oh, this just made your harrowing tale to Jimmy John's that much greater. I forgot that you were in L.A. Like all yeah, the pitfalls oh. and the obstacles oh. that you have to jump over. Just crossing the street to Jimmy John's would be a, a, erratic for me. So. Weaving your way through the homeless. It's going to be yes. wild. That'd yes. Be <laughs> well, all right. If you saw my hotel. <laughs> get out. Ed! <laughs> Get out of here, Ed. Thank right. you for joining us. See you later. Thanks a lot. So there's Ed Grady avoiding the homeless people in front of his hotel. Coming up next, Tony Baselli joins the show. This is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. We do not have Tony Baselli yet. I will blame Jared and solely Jared for somebody else not showing up. I do want to ask you this. Hmm. You asked me earlier in the show about Golden Knights and buying jerseys and like, eh, they, they got to trade somebody most likely to get Jack Eichel back. And it could be somebody that people like, like a Riley Smith or something like that. Does it surprise you at all that Josh Jacobs was the highest selling NFL jersey in the state of Nevada? Not at all. This is according to Lids, by the way. Not at all. Not at all. Really? Well, I mean, more story... than more than Derek Carr or Darren Waller. Or even, well, it'll probably be next year that Max Crosby picks up. I think when you look at when you're looking at fantasy implications, I mean Josh Jacobs is probably gonna be the highest fantasy scorer on the Raiders, right? Wouldn't you say? If Waller was fully healthy, Waller potentially right. would have been better. And plus his story is great. I mean, before he got drafted, he was living in his car. You know, I mean, it's like we like those stories. America yeah. loves those stories. So anytime there's an underdog story that we could take advantage of and let everyone know, hey, you too could be in the NFL if you live in your car. We're going to throw it out there. Who's okay? Whose Raider jersey would you feel the most confident buying? Waller. No, no, no. Crosby. Max Crosby. Crosby. I would I say that's a solid answer. The one small caveat there is he's still on his rookie contract. The Raiders will have to give him an extension for that to work out well for you. I do think it's going to happen only because he's one of those players that has gotten significantly better as his career has progressed and he's sober. I mean, it's like the, 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 the pitfalls that he has had to go through is just as an individual, not even as a player, just to get to where he's at is pretty amazing. So once you kind of demonstrate that behavior to a front office and you kind of let them know that you're going to be a team player, no matter what, I think that's the guy you want to build around. Like I would want a Max Crosby in my locker room to build around because that way you could show all these younger players. It's the younger players that that makes the biggest impact on.
I'm not buying a Derek Carr jersey yet. As soon as he signs an extension, you I think you feel comfortable yes. getting the Derek Carr jersey. But until that happens, he might be playing somewhere else. Right. So don't feel comfortable getting the Derek Carr one. Hunter Renfro uh, would feel pretty comfortable, but he's in that same boat as Max Crosby where on the rookie contract, you've got to get that extension and we'll see if the Raiders, how much they want to invest. Those guys might want more money than the Raiders are willing to pay them. We'll see. But Renfro, not bad. Waller, not bad. Offensively outside of that, I wouldn't get a Josh Jacobs one because I think there's, I think he's playing one more year with the Raiders and then he's probably gone because they're probably not giving him the fifth year option. Um, Defensively, Crosby solid. Outside of that, I don't know if there's another defensive player I'd really want. I'll tell you who I would buy. Hmm. Daniel Carlson or AJ Cole, the kicker and punter. I like it. Both of them just signed huge contracts. You've got four years here of Carlson and Cole. Now, kickers outside of like Justin Tucker, kickers. I was going to ask pretty. There's there's some variance there and. As we've seen, kickers are almost always like can be like two bad games away from getting cut. You're right. (laughs) But I will say this about NFL kickers, and they really are the only position where the only thing you got to do is have a guy that can hold the ball correctly. You know, can you catch the ball from the snap and put it down and laces out? Can you do that? If you could do that, then you then justify that justifies paying a kicker money to get him to come to your team. You know, because they're really, it's not like they need as much of a offensive line, like let's just say a Josh Jacobs would need in order for his job to be right. done the, well. Wide receivers need... to do a quarterback's job. Or, or if you're a wide receiver, you need the quarterback to do his job. With a kicker, it's just do what you have been doing every day. There's no situational kicking practice. I mean, unless you're doing a fake play. It's just like kick the ball. No, it's the end of practice. Hey, we're, we're running if he doesn't make this 55-yarder. That's the pressure. Right. That's the pressure on the kicker. But those are the those are the two, like, I don't know, wild card jerseys that I would consider buying. If I was a Raiders fan, those are the two. Because they've got the contracts. They're there for four years. Like, Colton Miller also has, what does he have, five more years after this one? Like, Colton Miller has some long-term security, right, in terms of his contract. I just don't know how many people are buying left tackle jerseys, right? No. It's just not an appealing it's jersey not sexy. to buy. I'm right. sorry. It's not going to get on sports Kickers Center. and punters aren't that exciting either, but I think they're ahead of the left tackle. So those would be the ones I would consider. Once Car- If Carr does sign an extension, Carr shoots to the top of the list. But kickers and punters would be fun. Do you think Darren Waller is an elite player, an elite tight end? No. Okay. He is a great uh, receiving tight end. He is not on the same level as Kittle, Kelsey, or like Rob Gronkowski was as a blocker. Like that, I think, is one of the big areas where he is a step behind the great tight ends in the NFL. He is not as good of a blocker as the rest of them. As a pure receiving tight end, uh, he's he's right there with Kelsey, Kittle, whoever else. Mark Andrews is the other one I'm thinking of. Like, he's right there. But as a blocking tight end, he doesn't. He's not. He's fine. Like, he's not like he's a massive hindrance or whatever, but he's just not. He's not George Kittle running over six people well, right. while Depot Samuel scores a touchdown. Well, that's, and, and you're right. Like, when I look at George Kittle, when I look at Gronkowski, when I look at Kelsey, it's like those are just big guys. And Darren Waller, I, I mean, he, he looks slight compared to those guys. He doesn't look like he could take that, like, go out there and really throw, like, a big block like you would normally need your tight end to do. Um, but I also look at a guy like Kyle Pitts, you know, who plays for Atlanta, who was drafted in the top five last year, a uh, four three forty, 
you know, 6'5", 245 pounds or something like the guy is just a physical freak. Well, how good of a blocker is he? I'll be honest. I I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'd have to look up and see. I, I He was a tremendous receiving tight this year. I don't honestly know see, if he was I, any good as a blocker. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I look at that guy and I go, how is that even a tight end when he has almost got the same exact body type as Calvin Johnson? I, I can tell you this. Pro Football Focus gave him a 69.7 pass blocking grade this year. It's how does that make you feel? I mean, does that make does that mean he just avoided a C? Is that what that means? A 69? It it I mean, means he's about plus. it means he's about average. Is is where he, I can live where with he that. fills in. I yeah, can live I mean, with that. Oh yeah, if you have a high end pass catching tight end who's average as a blocker, you absolutely want that. And that's like what I think Darren Waller is like. Right. He's, again, he's not like. You're not putting Darren Waller out there and he's missing every block and causing what should be seven yard runs to be two yard losses. Like it might, it might happen once or twice, but it's not like Darren Waller's a complete, completely awful blocker that you can't put him out there, but he's not George Kittle. This reminds me of Jimmy Graham when he was having the, and not Jim, is it Jimmy Graham or who is the tight end for the saints? It was yeah. Jimmy Graham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there's been more than one. But yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking about the. I was like, wait, did I get it confused with the uh, the the televangelist? But no, I was thinking like with Jimmy Graham, everybody was so confused. Is he a tight end? Is he a wide receiver? And his blocking, it was known that his blocking was very bad. But he still got a big contract, and then it just didn't work out. I always, you know, I just think that if you're gonna pay a tight end that kind of money, he's got to be able to do both things very, very well. That is, by the way, paying tight ends money. I think Darren Waller, I'll have to double check this. I think he's got, is it two more years or is it three more years left on his current deal? The Raiders currently have him at a great price because they signed him off the Ravens practice squad. And then all of a sudden Darren Waller was awesome. And they were like, let's sign this guy in the middle of this. Like they signed, they gave him the extension in the middle of his sort of breakout year with the Raiders. Great job by the front office to do that. Right. So he's playing very cheap contract for what his production is. I'm curious how quickly we might see a Darren Waller holdout. Because he should be he should giving be more money. money. And that's, you know, he's got two years left on his deal. Thanks, Danny. Danny's sitting in here letting me know that. Two years left on his deal. So most likely that would happen after this season. Like if Darren Waller is fully healthy, has a massive year, you know, has a thousand plus yards again or whatever, has a big year. I would assume he holds out the following offseason simply because if he's a great tight end and he's getting paid, you know, he's a middle of the road salary right now that he'd be saying, Hey, I should be paid like some of the best tight ends in football. I almost feel that if you can get a tight end that can block very well, you know, obviously not as good as a left tackle or a guard, but if you get a very good be a hell of a player, right, right. But I mean, if you can get a, if you can get a, a tight end that can block very well and still have that ability, like a Kyle Pitts, like let's just say Kyle Pitts does grow into being an elite blocker for a tight end. Would that automatically make him more valuable than a Jamar Chase at wide receiver, would you say? Because he's doing more things. And you can, and think about those mismatches. If you could have him amazing blocker, and then all of a sudden you, you take an outside linebacker that's going to cover this guy, it's not going to happen. I still think wide receivers are more valuable. You still get more production out of wide receivers than you do really like Travis Kelsey's the only one. He's pretty much the only one that's that's there. So I still think your wide receiver is going to be I'd say more, Kittle. more uh, just, valuable just only because Kittle does get a lot of uh, run after the catch opportunities. Yeah. I think that I think those two guys, but I do think Kelsey is. Better. Yeah, but you're right. If right. Kyle Pitts is as good, I mean, he was the highest tight end ever drafted. If he's as good as expected, then, but, 
but just like what just like Jason Fitz brought up earlier on the program, he was talking about wide receivers. It's like they are starting to become like running backs now because now every wide receiver that's getting drafted is insanely off the charts athletic. Yeah. You know, it's just like that. So I, I just think that if you could find a tight end that could do those things and cover those bases, more important. All right, here we go. We got John Mayer tickets to give away. He's coming to Las Vegas, MGM Grand Garden on March 11th. John Mayer ticket 702-364-1100 is the phone number 702-364-1100. If you want to go see John Mayer, we'll take caller number eight right now. 702-364-1100. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Congratulations to Tom. He won tickets to go see John Mayer. We have more of those the rest of the week to give away. Also, I want to let you know again, Friday, I'm going to be at PT's Pub, UNLV Boise State, watch party. Come watch the game with us. It'll be great. We'll have a lot of things to give away. It'll be fun. But the important part of today, it's Kira's last day. I know. It's my last day. Uh, Kira's sometimes been on the show. I don't know if all of our listeners know who Kira is, but Kira's leaving. She's going to um, some random town in Pennsylvania that I can't remember the name of. Allentown. 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 It's the third biggest city in Pennsylvania. It is. Yeah. Is this like there's two big cities and there isn't a third big city? Yeah. Well, no. Well, no. Yeah, maybe. Is that the town? Is that the town? When you go to Allentown, do you look at Pittsburgh and go, one day? No, it's more like oh, okay. Philly. It's Philly. That's okay. Philly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just what's like, is yeah. what's the third biggest city in Nevada? Carson? Third biggest city is in Nevada, probably Carson, Carson City. city. Carson yeah. City. There's only like that's, four that's, cities. That's kind of what yeah. I'm about <laughs> and it's been yeah. And Carson City has like population forty five. Like I'm also thinking so. like I'm from Mississippi. I don't even know what the second biggest. Have city you is. ever? Okay. Have you ever driven to Reno? Have you ever made yes, that drive? Yes, it's the worst yes, drive it, I've ever done in my life. Nothing on the way. There is nothing. There is. I don't know if it's a like a landfill or whatever, but you see houses and people have constructed like decorations made out of trash on these houses. It is the most Hills have eyes place I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, you, it is, you drive North to Reno and you feel so thankful for Las Vegas just for having roads. Well, the worst part of the drive is you get like 30 minutes outside of Vegas and suddenly it's a one lane, one lane highway each way. Mm hmm. That's a disaster. With nothing on both sides of right. you. It's I can handle that, but give me awful. a second lane so I don't have to cross in the other lane to pass somebody that's going way too slow. Now, one thing you're going to be completely shocked by when you go to Pennsylvania is the lack of people that use conditioner in their hair. I'm telling you. <laughs> you see, you've told me that before, but I don't. They don't believe it. What do you mean? It. They just, I'm just saying there is a, I love the lifestyle of the Midwest because it's not about vanity like it is out here. So, like, you can just go to the store and not have to look amazing. Are you just an Ohioan just trying to tear down the state of Pennsylvania? Yes. Okay. But I mean, he's two states over. I'm so two like... states over. Well, no, no, no. Pennsylvania is, it, it borders Ohio. It does? Yeah, it's right okay. next to it. I'm learning. Yes. Get, so, that, get uh, that ready. I, need, I know. I'm learning. College education person learning that Ohio is right next to Pennsylvania. So yeah, I, you know. You're making it. But uh, but but no. But the thing is, though, is it's a it's a totally different culture out there, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's and I like it just because it's just super laid back. So I went to go visit it a few weeks ago, and it's like it's definitely culture shock. It's beautiful, and right now it's full of snow. 
It's very nightmare. pretty. Oh, it's, oh, that's I haven't lived in it yet, so I'm saying it's beautiful now. <laughs> but it actually it's it looks beautiful, but it's culture shock. Like Vegas has uh, a variety of people, a variety of, like it's just glitz and glamour and the strip and just all this stuff. And then Pennsylvania as a state is like the definition of a small town. Like right, what well, time do things close? Like, not midnight. Yeah, it's like nine <laughs> o'clock. Yeah, and then it's like the, eight or nine. Liquor stores aren't in Ohio. Liquor stores aren't open on Sunday, which oh and, Mississippi was like. And that. I'm going to tell you, I have never. There was one time I was in Toledo partying with my family. We we're at a bar, and they yelled out two words. That I mean, I grew up out here, and they yelled out "last call," and I was ready to fight somebody. I'm like, what do you? What do you mean? I got to leave? <laughs> what do you mean? I got to leave? I got to leave? You know? And they're like, yeah, you got to leave. Everybody's going. What, what I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. That's the one thing I do like, though, uh, is that there are still sports pubs and bars, and like there's still a little taste of that little there. Taste. Like I can still go to a, but they're like, it, there's a college town right next door too. Yeah, and that's very strange to me. The college town? Yeah, it's very strange to me that like, because Vegas is not necessarily a college no, town. No, not a, not even close. But it's like. There's so many different people going in and out. It's so transient that it's like. I know nothing about the state of Pennsylvania. What college is close to Allentown? Allentown There's one University. In there. <laughs> no, I, uh, Lehigh Valley Community I mean, College. I think. I don't know. Something that like sounds that. like you just said a bunch of words that could be a university. You know what's funny and... though? You know what's funny is that Lehigh Valley is LV. So if I have anything that has the letters LV, I can wear it all the time and. It, People are be like, "Oh, Lehigh Valley." I mean, you can still wear it. Lehigh University. Lehigh University. There we go. It's close. Right. Is in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yes, and that's, that's not far is. from Allentown. It's like, honestly, Allentown and Bethlehem could be the same city. Okay. When I went there, it was like, "Oh, I'm in Bethlehem," but like, I. What is the population? What is the population of Allentown? Is it like? I don't know. Pahrump or something? No, it's okay. bigger than that. Okay. It's much bigger than that. That is very weird. It in is. that we have yeah. two cities it's a state in a massive full state. of nothing nevada is yes it's okay. very weird allentown yeah. the population is 1000 this is from 2019 120915 that right. is the allentown uh, population so it is not what i would call big but it's effectively no. a suburb of but i'm sure but I'll take it yeah, but I'm sure they might have a Chick-fil-A well and there's oh, they have then it's a real city yeah. they have one chilies and three red robins. And let me just tell you this: that what? one, that yes. one chilies, three red that robins? one chilies has yes. wedding receptions at it. I promise, because that's what happens at Allentown and in places like that. That chilies is the most popping spot in all of Allentown. <laughs> I swear, the way the line, there. the line is going to be around the corner for Southwestern Chicken Egg Rolls in Allentown, Pennsylvania, because there isn't anything else. So good. Three red robins. Three red robins. I've researched. What's happening with three red robins? Like, what? what why? What's know. the point of three how red many robins? Malls? How many malls do we got? There's one Allentown? close to me. I don't know how many in total, but right. there's one close to me. But who shops anymore at the mall? I need You're to. I got rid of mall. all of my clothes. I need, I need more. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like nowadays, it's like all the, like things like shopping areas and stuff. It's like they're starting to become obsolete because the online shopping is Oh, yeah. So online easy. shopping's where it's at. But I like the feeling of... Shopping? I think everybody. I think everybody would rather try something on instead of order it, try it on, then have to send it back. Yeah, I mean it's quicker. Yeah, but or just know nice. what size clothes you wear. Instant hey, look, satisfaction. Let's take it easy.
Okay, with what? knowing what size clothes you got to wear, right? Now you're getting way too complicated. I mean, I did go to a store and buy some pants to make sure they fit. Well, yeah, yeah you have to with pants. Yeah. With pants. You have to. Do you? Yes. Oh. Or I at least a, I have to. I have a long torso, so T-shirts fit funny on me. So I'm always angry. <laughs> That's why you're, you're always, always angry? angry? I, I, I'm, I'm afraid to, like, raise my hands. And, Are you, you always know, showing some belly button? That, that's it. It's like if ever I raise my hands like a V, you know, like in the Pearl Jam Jeremy, you know what I mean? Like if I just pull, I'm, I'm winning, you know, oh, you're going to see my happy trail. Belly button. Yeah. Keep that belly button in your Trying shirt. Trying to bring some sex appeal to the press box. You can just wear, like, high-waisted pants. Mm. Cover up the belly button. Are you saying mom jeans? Yes, why not? Okay. And that band that wore bell bottoms that you told me about. Black Crows.